Okay, bloggers, we're on to the next topic of 25 things I do to grow my blogging business. And we're talking about time on page, which is kissing cousin to dwell time or average session duration. This is not a ranking factor. So John Mueller has said repeatedly that dwell time or time on page or average session duration is definitely not a ranking factor. But that doesn't mean they're not tracking it. And it doesn't mean that it's not important. It's still very, very important. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to define time on page, dwell time, average session duration to make sure we're all on the same page. My name is Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. So time on page is the number of seconds that a person is looking at your content. It doesn't matter where they came from, how long are they looking at the content before they move off the page. And the average session duration is basically the same number, but we're looking at a session by session basis. Now this is different than dwell time. Dwell time is the amount of time that a person's looking at a page when they come from a search result set and then they return back to the search result set. So for example, if I've done a search for um, the best low light house plants that I can raise here in Colorado and I come up with a set of results, I click into one of those, I look around, I decide that I like the answer or worst case scenario, I decide that post isn't answering my question. I click back to the search results set. That time where I clicked in, looked around and clicked back, that's dwell time. And that's a little bit different than just time on page or average session duration because it's very clearly about organic search. It's not when somebody comes to your site from social media or when they come from Pinterest or when they come from an email listing. That's the biggest difference. So why is it important if it's not a direct ranking factor? Well, first of all, it's a clear indication of the quality of content that you have on your site. If your site content isn't engaging, then your reader is going to leave immediately. Another reason that maybe you have perfectly engaging content, but another reason it's important is because that content that you're providing has to actually match the query intent for a person to stay. So if I'm looking for low life, low light house plants here in Colorado, and I find an article that looks like it's going to match my question, I open it up and I see that it's really about low light house plants in Florida, where it's a lot sunnier and the warm weather's a lot longer and it's a lot more humid. Well, that's not going to work for me here in Colorado. So I'm immediately going to click back out. That is an indication that the query intent did not match the article. So what is Google going to do with that information? Well, it's kind of a black box, but it might mean if you see a lot of people clicking out of your article about low light house plants in Florida, um, you might need to clarify in the title or in the meta description that this is really about a house plants for a place where there's a lot of sun and a lot of humidity. It's just an example of how you want to make sure that the keywords that you're targeting 
are actually matching the intent, the query intent of the person who's doing the search. And then the third reason why it's really important is because the longer somebody stays on your page, the higher your RPM, the more money you're making if you're with an ad network. The number of times that an ad is seen or the number of ads that are seen on a page definitely impact your bottom line. So that's another great reason to really work on increasing your average time on page. So how do you do that? How do you improve your average time on page? Well, the first thing I'd recommend is knowing the search intent for your keyword. And that doesn't just mean, oh, is this an informational keyword or is this a transactional keyword? Those are definitely important. We definitely have a different way of tackling those types of, uh, those two different intentions. But deeper than that, you wanna make sure that you understand what somebody's looking for when they're searching for a particular term, exactly what type of information they're using. Now, I love to use ChatGPT for this. I don't use ChatGPT to write my posts or that sort of thing, or I even outline my posts, but I do like to use them to help me understand the intention of a keyword. So if I'm getting ready to write low light house plants in Colorado, then I might throw that term into ChatGPT and say, hey, when somebody is searching for this term, what are the two or three things that they are really interested in learning about? And it might come back with some specific information that I want to make sure I cover in that post. Now, and we've got a lot more examples of using a ChatGPT prompt like that in other podcasts down below. So I'll be sure to link that for you in the show notes. So number one, the best way to improve it is to know the search intent and match the search intent with the content that you're writing. The second way is to include videos or photos, but especially videos or detailed infographics that people are interested in reading and consuming because it's going to keep them on the page longer. Now, the third way that you could increase the time on page is a copywriting techniques like short paragraphs or bullet points. And I know you're thinking, Leslie, bullet points are shorter to read. Why is that going to keep somebody on the page longer? Well, the truth is when somebody sees a long paragraph or a lot of copy, they're more likely to skim over it. And that takes far less time than actually reading the content in your bullets. And what they do psychologically is look at them, compare them, digest them a little bit longer. So if you've got long, especially long complex content that you might want to add or move it to bullet points or add bullet points to help clarify that information. And then finally, the best way to improve it is to work on your core web vitals. We know that there is a direct correlation between slow load speed and somebody abandoning the page. And when they abandon the page, well, that impacts the time on page, obviously. So that's what to do. Know the search intent, Add videos, photos, detailed infographics that keep people on the page longer and engaging, engaged with that page longer. Use copywriting techniques like short paragraphs and bullet points and increase your load speed. So how do you analyze your time on page or your dwell time? Well, you can't. Unless you're working for Google or Bing, that information's not available to you. The best thing we can do to evaluate that is to look at average session duration 
in Google Analytics average session duration. And what I like to do also is uh, filter out my blog posts. So I'm just looking at those that I have come to me through organic means. And I'm checking those average session durations also because while the photos or the videos or the short paragraphs or the load speed are all factors regardless of where somebody's coming from. I can really understand how well I'm meeting search intent if I'm filtering based on organic search traffic. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.